up, assholes? We're back with the Manipause Show. And we're back with the Manipause Show. I'm Bobby. I'm HD. And HD. Hi, Don't you have Bobby. To say to us, how you doing? Good, good, real good. How are you? I'm just picking macadamia nuts out of my teeth. <laughs> you lost a, a cavity. I right? know, and I haven't replaced it. I've got a gaping hole in my tooth, but I think I'm going to be okay for the time being. Just have to have toothpicks nearby. <laughs> so I wonder if you crazy. could store stuff in there and take it like across those... the border. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ooh, what would be the, you know, what is it that, that what's that crap that, that's been killing everybody lately that's, that's getting laced in cocaine? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't I think of it? Because you're high on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> but like a grain of it is killing people. Oh, really? And I, I, I'm not quite sure why. Uh, this shit is good. Drug that's killing. Killing people. <laughs> God. What is it called? It's uh, fentanyl. Okay. Apparently, like a couple grains, or like, or you know, a teaspoon could kill like a hundred people or something like that. But it's rampant right now. I what I haven't quite gotten is why, because I, in and of itself, it's not. I don't think it's something that people want to ingest. It's not like it's, not not like if it's even heroin or meth or something that they're cutting it. And I've got this weird tin hat theory about how it's ending up in the supply. Which, by the way, those of you that use Coke. You know, know your supply chain because... Do we know ours? <laughs> well, yeah, it was called We Did It Once and it was okay. <laughs> You're the one who had the co connection. Yeah. But, you know... My punk uh, guy. But, but, Refer well, me to my, our drug guy. Until we meet, you know, Jabba the, the uh, cartel hut back in Colombia or wherever it all is coming from um, through Mexico. I, we don't know the supplier, but... But you're right, it's, it's a risk we take. And we, we know, we're like two or three degrees of separation from people here in Huntington Beach. Young surfer, you know, cool kids that have OD'd on fentanyl-laced cocaine. Fuck. I know, no, it's, it's bad shit. And here's my theory. Because yes. why would a cartel or anybody upstream want to cut it? it? It cannot be a good financial move. I mean... First of all, I can't imagine fentanyl. Maybe it's a lot cheaper, fine. But there's so much other shit you can cut it with. So, yeah. And plus, you're killing, literally, your supply chain, your downline. Uh -huh. So I can't imagine anybody up the chain that's doing this. So I'm thinking that it's the U.S. government. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, with a straight face, too. Wow. But yeah. think about it. They, they get all this coke that they seize... They lace it with fentanyl. They reintroduce it back into the supply chain. It causes a freakout in the users. Dries up the demand, which dries up the supply. It well, all fits together. Know, <laughs> as stupid as our government can be, any government can be, any system can be, that's certainly possible that somebody is doing that. Well, and I think there's some... And doing something stupid. There's sub-governments. I don't think that it's like the uh, grand poobah behind the curtain that's, that's doing all this, but you know there may be some subversive group within the DEA that is like, hey, we can, we can get rid of this shit. And this is why we don't talk politics on the man up <laughs> Wait, that's not politics. That's <laughs> well, it's getting into politics. It does. I know. I look at you of all people getting silent. Oh, wait, I agree that that's a little bit on the, like I said, I started by saying it was Tin Hattie. But you want to tell but me. But you like Tin Hattie. 
Well, you do. You I do. think it's fascinating to talk about because I I'm a logical guy. I I do lean with my left brain. I want to know why it makes no sense to have this shit in our supply. Right. Any ideas? No. Okay. Well, no. then we're then I'm going with mine until. <laughs> Although so. I did see this movie where, oh, what's her name? The really thin, gal. Gwyneth Paltrow. No, <laughs> red hair, older now. Well, she was older as of yesterday to today, so that doesn't help me. In fact, she's older now. Actually, she's older now. And now. And now. And now. We're going to edit this part out, right? <laughs> no! I'm <laughs> just kidding. That's like George Brown um, shit. Um, oh, no, that's more like Brian Regan shit. I'm on Coke, all right? So fine. <laughs> it's fine. Usually we're on it together. And, well, I'm not and you're not even out. Wait, you didn't smoke. I did smoke, but that's not the same. God, that's weird. What? Usually you're the one who's... Mr. Chatty Cathy. Yes. Yeah, so I'm okay. enjoying So thin, older now. Oh, Julianne Moore. Oh. So there's a movie. Oh, I like The Kingsman. Her. I've always The second her. Kingsman, which I, it's a great series, although they're, they've changed it now. But... Um, Is that the one that kind of introduces like cartoony looking... Uh, well, they're English. And, um, I don't know. So I, it's I'm supposed not, to no, be I, like I, a I secret service... I retract my question because I don't give a Britain, shit. For Great Britain. I don't give a fuck. Okay, go ahead. No, I, so I, I do give a fuck about what you're going to say. So she is, I guess she's anti-drug because she is contaminating the drug chain. Or, Wait, in the, know, movie, in the movie or Julianne Moore in the movie. Okay. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but why? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it either. All right, all right. Well, let's get into our, um, how are we going to segue into our topic? Drugs are not the enemy. No. <laughs> so... Our topic heading is sex is not the enemy. And I, um, every once in a while, I'll just, um, well, it's not something new. Kids are doing it nowadays. They just start YouTubing or, or Spotifying music or Alexaing. And so I started listening to Garbage, which is a band that's. <laughs> You've always listened <laughs> to Garbage. Oh, there's a lot of people I'm out there. I'm glad you finally admit it. The people now that, you can be cured. The people that know garbage will be going like, fuck you, Bobby. People that don't know Garbage are going, that was funny. Garbage was a band, or is a band. I think they're actually still playing, but yeah, it's probably 20. What does she look like now? 20. That's not fair. Don't yeah, put me I'd on like that to spot. See. I'd like to know. Okay, well, he already is jumping ahead. Shirley Manson is the lead singer. And, oh, yeah, she's just great look. You both, we just, I just showed, showed her to you back in the, I don't know, when they started. They're probably a 25-year-old band. Early 90s. 90s was a great era for music, and they had kind of that edgy... It is not the opinion of the man at Bush. <laughs> not necessarily the not opinion. Not necessarily, yes. <laughs> I love the 90s. I think they got big in the 90s, and uh, I only love it when it rains. Oh, you Google it. They got other bunch of songs that were, were more popular, but I called it slut rock, and, and affectionately so, you know, where they were very, very... How could it be taken? <laughs> out there... <laughs> And the lead singer, I mean, I think Blondie was the very first uh, slut rock yeah, performer yeah, yeah. that, uh, that yeah. you know, made her sexuality was part of the music. And then it got, there's some bands that really got into it, and I think Garbage is one of them. And, and so I heard a song I'd never heard before called Sex is Not the Enemy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's our own theme, our anthem. And I, I wanted to know what it what the lyrics were about. And so, would you mind if I just read the lyrics? 
Yeah, anything. no, yeah, that'd be great because I couldn't one, tell from listening to it. Just with one paragraph. That's great. Says it all. And you watch the video and she's, you know, she's, she's really out there. And, and uh, there's one scene that it looks real, but she's on stage. She flashed her boobs. The cops come and arrest mm-hmm. her. And I'm thinking of Lenny Bruce days, you know. Back or, or the Marvelous Mrs. Basil. Well, that's Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Right. And, and the, this shit happened. But so. I don't think he flashes boobs. I don't think that's why he was arrested. <laughs> no, I don't think. Well, you know, the doors, Jim Morrison, I think, flashed his dick. And he yeah. got arrested for exposing himself on stage. So this, this shit happened. This is going to get into what we're going to talk about. But anyway, this is one paragraph from her from Sex is Not the Enemy. I won't feel guilty no matter what they're telling me. I won't feel dirty and buy into their misery. I won't be shamed. Because I believe that love is free. It fuels the heart and sex is not my enemy. Anyway. Um, that could be our anthem. I like it. Well, and I've, I've mentioned Tove Lo a lot. And I, yeah. she's not the only one. But she is very, very open about her sexuality. Now, Shirley Manson, the lead singer of Garbage, is from Scotland. Tove Lo is from, oh my gosh, Denmark? Norway? I'm her sorry, American Norway. version. She's, you know, I think she's pansexual. Right. So then, she talks about well, that. You know, then you got your Miley Cyruses and that, that are really out there. Is she out there? I thought she's married and she's pretty traditional. Miley Cyrus? Miley Cyrus. I don't oh. know. Oh, no. Well, she considers herself pansexual. She, uh-huh. She's very, you know, she, that's her act is to be very, very sexual and open with it. I, we're going to be at odds on the next comment, which is, we started talking about our society, and I, I lament the fact that we are more Puritan than we should be. We were raised on a Puritan, although I've got something to say about that I learned as I was doing my research. But Western civilization, and, and actually West-West, like in the United States, even more than Europe, seems very restrictive when it comes to talking about sex. Well, yeah, Europe's not, but yeah, we are. Yeah, and yeah. and I and so I always scratch my head as to why. I wanted to learn a little bit about why why is it we grew up in that. And I think I know, but maybe you've got some thoughts on why our country was raised on Puritan ideals. Because people came here to get away from a religion they didn't like, not for freedom of religion, but so they could have the religion they wanted to have. And that's what we have now. So, by the way, as a side note, in my research, I heard the Puritans loved sex. Apparently, that's a misnomer to be calling Puritans anti-sex. So, I, I, I'm well, gonna, love. I mean, love sex in a free love way. I know. I, a, I wondered. So, you I know, put a ring in my finger, and you got me. I cannot that, wait to jump your bones. Fuck for life, as yeah. Tove Lowe would say. So, uh, but th- I thought that was interesting. Is that? And these were Boston Globe, New York Times. We're doing articles about how we really are using Puritan in the wrong way. But regardless, we know what we're talking about. Your premise is, is that our, our country was built on a faith-based, a Christian-based, conservative ideal. But are you saying that England wasn't that way? And I don't know what it was like back then, but I know now. I mean, they've knew to the end. English TV, That's and they true. have for years. I mean, I think they've always. Had but it. I always thought that and the, the folks that escaped from England to here were all the rebels and the convicts. And no, the, no, and they that. just didn't want to be ruled by the king. The Church of England was not their bag. So they didn't like being oppressed, but they were going to be oppressive 
in yeah. certain ways. Which not I in guess, certain ways. I think they really well, won. Really did yeah. really well. Oh boy, here we go again. <laughs> so somehow or another, that is where the whole country's you know the rock was built on top of, and we just have never really changed. Mm-hmm. We, we, I mean, and yet the sub text is that we are all into sex. I mean, it's 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 the thing that everybody does that nobody talks about. We've talked about that a lot. I mean, the porn industry, the fact that well, the I vagina mean, candles sold out and, you know, instantly. I mean, it's not as if our our country individually is against no, sex. No, it's no. just out there in pop culture and censorship, all the, that. Yeah. It is. The social milieu, as we say. So I've done a lot of talking. I want you to talk a little bit about because you know you have Which some thoughts on. Well, I think it's. I feel the same way you do. Okay, when they're done. <laughs> no. Well, where <laughs> we're mean, at odds are is that I. I think in many ways we become less, more permissive, whereas you think we become, less less permissive, permissive yeah. and, and more restrictive. Yeah. And I can cite examples of where, we have, and I guess well, I mean where we haven't, but. I mean, this, this, I just think it just seems like we're getting more conservative, more repressive as a culture than. Can you give me examples of where you think that we've gone more to the Victorian age than. Well, I'm not going to say Victorian age, but more. I mean, I think it's. We're a corporate society. And most, you know, most everything, certainly media, it's corporate owned. And they're not going to do things that are going to hurt their reputation or not help them make money. So they're being guided by the pocketbook, not by freedom of speech or sexual freedom or anything like that. I mean, whatever. if, if something they think is going to capture an audience, then that's what they'll put out there. But it's just for mercenary commercial means. It's okay, not about so, expression. So where are you drawing your conclusions from what medium, I guess, well, I think, or whether well, we're becoming less permissive? I mean, because I think it's generally noted that the 70s was a very adventurous time in filmmaking. You had the Coppolas and the Scorseses and, you know, this new breed of filmmaker that was kind of rebellious and just wanted to tell a different kind of story. You can't do that kind of shit anymore. Yeah, but the X-rated seventies are now the R-rated two thousands. I mean, what what was well, back then considered to be? You're racist. right. I mean, as far as the ratings go, but the ratings. Of, I mean, we grew up. We did, I think the ratings started when we were teenagers. The right. rating system. Yeah. So. And before well, maybe when you were a teen, when I was in swaddling. Yeah, clothes. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And. I mean, you had a pretty permissive culture, I think, like back in the 20s. But then you had, you know, the conservatives always seem to get their way. They always, I mean, they have the money, they have the power to manipulate culture and to do things the way that they want them to be done. And so I, for whatever reason, we have, you know, I think it's religious-based that... You know, sex is a an issue. I mean, why should it be an issue? We, I mean, God gave us sex. Okay, okay. I, I'm going to give examples on both sides. 
we, we talked about Lenny Bruce and we talked about Jim Morrison and, and things mm-hmm. like that, that nowadays what goes out, what you see, that it's, right. it's a lot more allowed. Right. The language you see on even television, what they allow to be shown and heard, what it would be considered obscenity 20, 30 years ago is no longer. Words like shit that you hear now on just regular TV after oh, 10 o'clock. Shit? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. like on... Um, well, what we consider regular TV, FX, the, uh, after, I think after 9 or 10, they really can get away with a lot. Yeah. And that, that's changed. Now, the, the flip side is maybe some of it has been a Me Too thing too. Where I, I'm going to disagree a little bit that it's all religious-based because I think that whole vocal, uh, the moral majority that was really big in what is it the eighties or nineties? You know, I, I don't I don't see evidence of big protests against uh, this the uh, pornography or censorship stuff now as I do the inappropriate stuff. So it seems like sex is okay now until it's not okay. <laughs> and I, and there's this group we've talked about before the cancel culture that if it's if it's denigrating women. You don't see that as much in movies and cinema and culture, but it seems like we see a lot more, and they show a lot more now, which maybe it's a little bit more balanced between female and males, but I, I don't know. I disagree that it has become less permissive. I, I think there's more out there, but it, it I guess it depends on what you're segmented. using as your measuring stick for permissiveness or what. Well, we're all agree to you is things like you know, the, the, the love, the free love of the 60s and 70s, where, you know, the orgies and the drugs and all that, I mean, it was all so new in its infancy that it, it seemed to be so accepted because nobody came down on it yet. So in that regard, you know, your Woodstocks and, and but, but see, nowadays you have your raves and, and, and festivals and swinging clubs. So I don't know. I, I, uh, I, at, a, at our core, we are still very, very Puritan. And that, that saddens me because we denigrate things like strip clubs and prostitution or you know, what I call victimless crimes. And so that to me, I don't know if that'll ever change, but I would like to be more like Europe in that regard. Where And this is kind of funny, but one of the examples when I was doing the research was how they were talking about the difference between the leaders of France and the United States. And they brought up Francois, Francois Mitterrand when he was, was it his funeral? And both his wife and his mistress showed up. And it was cool. And everyone was fine with it. And it was like, all right. But then you find, you know, the Bill Clintons of the world where he had it, but it was shunned and, you know, it was considered to be... Uh, not cool, and and I thought that was an interesting metaphor for the two countries because I do feel like France and all those other countries are a lot more freer about their openness and their polyamorousness and and all that. So, well, France is probably not the best. I mean, representation of Europe as a whole. Well, I think it's always had that kind of more romantic slash. Are you talking, you're talking about sex? France isn't a good representation? Yeah. I, I, I well, think I mean, that, it's a better one than the United States, but yeah. Yeah, no, right. I'm talking about to represent Europe. So, like Denmark or some of those countries that actually have... Oh, yeah, they have legalized. Legalized, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. It's... Um, why? I mean, to me... Again, it comes down to dollars and cents. 
It's like you incite, you, you find something to incite people. And now it's like, now we're, we're going back to abortion again. Is something Wait, does it sense. come down dollars and cents? I mean, it, I think so. Porn, I think porn because it's a, manipulating people. It's like, why does anybody want to denigrate something or say something is bad? There must have some benefit for them in it. Well, I do think part of it is religious based, but I also think part of it is this whole idea of of exploitation. That we've talked about that you know that's a very subjective word you know one person's exploitation is another person's consensual and i i disagree that if if it was so, so much about money the porn industry is huge it's 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 enormous but yeah. the government doesn't seem to tap into it to take advantage of it like they have with drugs now so why why wouldn't they jump on board and legalize prostitution and tax it if it if it were so much about money because it's you can't always play it, have it both ways. I mean, if they're going to use hot button issues like sex, abortion, um, gender issues, I mean, if you're going to have things that you're using to excite your base, so to speak, and I'm not just talking politically any particular party, but I mean, I'm just using it because those are words that we understand now that, you know, politicians can use a strategy where they are just speaking to their people because they want to make sure they keep them as their, you know, their passionate, passionately But abortion and gender side. and some of those sexual, sex-connective tissue are polarizing, whereas sex in and of itself is an equal opportunity oppressor. I mean, I'm sorry, but both, both parties. It's, it's a societal thing. It is not just one party. It is, it is woven into the fabric of most parties, uh, because most parties still have as their backbone this idea that, oh, you can't talk about it. And if that were the case, then I think you'd be seeing a lot more of one party promoting legalizing prostitution and... and well, no one would touch that because it's, it's... It's a third rail. It's a, yeah, it's a religious third why, why do you think that is? Why have re religions, major religions, used... Sex as a battering ram like that. What you know? Why? Well, that is the that is the core of our our question. I don't have an answer for that other than it's so into our DNA that nobody has the balls to stand up. Now, the drug people back in the seventies did stand. Up. I mean, I always say the hemp folks were so fringe. I never thought they'd get to where they are now, and it's amazing. Uh, and who knows if they're even aware of what they've done because they're all old hippies now that are like... I mean, like normal, like legalizing marijuana, that kind of stuff? Yeah. That, yeah. that you never thought that would happen? Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, it, it's incredible. And remember, yeah. they, those were the folks that were all, you know, in their garb and the hair on the corner, just, hey, dude, you know, hemp is cool, man. It doesn't harm anybody. And I, I was always, I, I didn't ever uh, laugh at them. I just thought, yeah, good luck, man. I mean, yeah, I, I wish I wish it could happen, but not in my lifetime. Well, <laughs> so you don't have that similar type of. I mean, you do, but they they just get snuffed out, and 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 you know, next to schools, and all of a sudden they start making it all about predatory thing, and it just many many you start crossing. I mean, even the way they change the wording, human trafficking. I mean, that was a marketing deal. 
Mm-hmm. They turned prostitution, which in many ways is a consensual thing, and then lumped it all into human trafficking. That mm-hmm. just sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. Now you're lumped in with the with the bad human trafficking of, of underage yeah. And, yeah. and slavery and all that shit. So I think we've taken a step backwards in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, then again, I'm not so sure it's a good thing to legalize it because then the minute the government gets their hands on it, it you know, that, it, that never necessarily is a good thing. Like what's happened with marijuana. I'm not so sure it was the best thing for marijuana users to have it legalized. But that's a whole other topic. Well, I agree. I mean, it's not as much fun. I used to like going to dispensaries. <laughs> well, I don't like it. I don't like it anymore. It oh. used to be like, because now you're right. It's like hermetically sealed. It's like you can't even look at it. It's like, you know, you order something and they go in the back and they pick it up and they bring it out and it's all packaged. A little, little sanitized for you, a little yeah, too sterile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, well, this is OT, but how do you feel about the quality of dispensary recreational, legalized recreational pot versus what you had 15, 20 years ago, whatever it was, when it was totally illegal? Well, I mean, growing up, it was Mexican stuff. And it's not nearly as strong, wasn't as strong as what we have today. Oh, really? You yeah. don't think it was as strong yeah, then yeah. as it is yeah. now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The prevailing thought is that the shit you get in the, in the dispensaries is overpriced and under quality compared to what you can get on the street, but no? Well, I'm talking, I'm, I'm comparing it to Mexican pot from like the 70s. I can't, which I don't know when that stopped being. Sensamia, what was that? Sensamia, what was the other one? That I mean, with all the seeds in it and everything, you had to clean it really well. Well, you need to watch Narcos because they talked about how they, yeah. how the guy who invented the seedless pot. Oh, yeah? May, I mean, he was like wow. the, the Steve Jobs of, uh, of marijuana. <laughs> it's like, I bet. It was really amazing. Wow. But I thought all that was really supposed to be good shit, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not a pot smoker, so I couldn't speak to that. But I don't think we're going to answer this question other than we're going to do our part to keep promoting the sex is not the enemy right. phrase. Yeah. And, yes. um, and I'm sure our audience needs convincing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, if but one, we convert yes. to the other side, our work is done. Fort Mitchell, we're banking on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that's right. That's like deep. That's deep South conservative uh, Bible Belton, right? Is it? I don't know. Or is it? Marrying? I would never say anything like that. To or is it marrying your cousin? We have no idea what goes on in the backwards in the uh, what is it? The uh, Appalachians. Uh-oh. You sure you want to continue? I know I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Sorry, we just lost them. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we're done. I love you, Fort Mitchell. Bye.